and welcome to the Yoga Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard. Thanks so much for being here, everyone. This show is all about self-care and self-discovery. Now, we often talk about self-care on the show, and sometimes we skip over some of those basic human needs, you know, those integral parts of well-being that are honestly kind of hard to prioritize when life gets busy. Think movement food, rest, those easy things, quote unquote easy, that just are kind of hard. Today, we're talking through some ways to make the food piece just a little bit easier and through the lens of the vibration and the energy of food, filling our body with high vibration food. It's such a fun conversation, truly thinking about how these things, these living things can provide us with energy. So today I'm sitting down with chef Whitney Aronoff. Whitney is a health supportive personal chef in Laguna Beach, California, and she's passionate about wellness, the vibration of food and supporting others in living their best life. I can attest that when you know you're nourishing your body in this way, in this high vibrational way, you do have, you know, you have more energy to wake up and like tackle the day. I did that whole episode around energy and that feels so good. Now I want to be super clear. Whitney's way of doing things is totally the goal. Like she is so aspirational and you know, this might be so doable for some of you with the way your lifestyle is set up, your budget and maybe not so much for others, and that's okay. That's okay to you know have these goals, to use this as inspiration. And what I love about what Whitney says is that you know she talks about the good, the better, the best approach to food. Sometimes budget constraints, time, energy makes it hard to put together a home-cooked meal every day of the week. That might not always be possible. And those convenience foods can be a little bit easier. Reaching for, you know, those pre-cooked meals or even, you know, going out to eat, that's easier. And you know what? That's okay. But what Whitney talks about today is how to make some small up levels, how to start small and make those changes and choose those vibrationally high foods, how to bring your good to just a little bit better and then one day even striving for that best. This really hit home for me because while you know, I feel like we have a lot of things dialed in in our family, rest, movement, spiritual work, food, you guys, this is our weak spot. This is something that I personally struggle with and having you know three kids, I wanna nourish them in this really amazing way and I often, I feel like I come up short. So it's just so easy to you know nourish with those easy to grab foods, which happen to be processed most of the time. So Whitney helped me get really clear on you know, like what the little swaps I can make to move from good to a little bit better. And then hopefully eventually I'll get to that best. So if you want to listen to this episode and, you know, tackle a goal in this area, now's a really great time to do it. Ask yourself a few exploratory questions. I'm going to give you a couple questions. Take a moment, jot these down. If you were to make one small change somewhere as it relates to high quality, high vibrational foods, where would you make that change? What's getting in your way? What will you feel like on the other side when you make those choices? And think about when have you been successful with this in the past? When have you been in your groove, nourishing yourself with those whole foods? And try to come back to that. Think about how that that success felt. Okay, so give yourself that grace and know that again, you're learning through this process. Whitney has so many great recipes on her website. She has so many resources. She has a podcast. So check her out to learn a little bit more. Thanks to Whitney for being on the show. Before we hop into that conversation, a quick astrology update, everybody. We're fast approaching the exciting and sometimes kind of hilarious Venus retrograde coming up on July 22nd. So I say this is hilarious because Venus retrograde 
can sometimes bring back the funniest like ex-boyfriends, ex-girlfriends, things that you thought were in the past and all of a sudden like there they are again. Because one, Venus deals with our relationships, with those romantic partnerships, those things that we hold valuable. And two, retrogrades give us this opportunity to revisit, to review, maybe even think of it, think of it as like editing something, giving yourself time to go back and say, okay, I'm gonna make this change here. So if you find that like, okay, you've got some exes that are popping up into your life or you're dreaming about ex-partners or anything from your past potentially in that romantic area, just know that's that's good old Venus retrograde. What you can do during this time, friends, is first look to see where Leo is in your chart because this Venus retrograde will take place in the sign of Leo. Leo is not quiet. Leo is going to bring this information in a kind of bold, bombastic way. And frankly, there's a lot of joy to this. I think Using a retrograde to your advantage and saying, I have some time to go back and revisit an area of my life, especially an area of my life that I have a lot of passion for that I feel is really valuable. That's a gift. You get to go back and make those those little updates, those edits. So look to see where is Leo in your birth chart? What house is Leo in? And how do relationships, maybe romantic, but really those deep, meaningful relationships show up in this area of your life? And where can you go back and maybe make a little bit of an edit? So let's say your Leo happens to be in your 11th house of communities. That's a great time to do some revisiting of like what you value in a friendship, what you value in relationship to your groups and your communities, what is important to you for you to spend time and energy on in order to get that back in exchange. Because remember, a relationship is about an exchange. So take a look at your birth chart, see where Leo is, know that Venus retrograde is, it's one of those like more insightful retrogrades, a little bit less annoying than say Mercury retrograde, but it's still honestly pretty unpredictable and hilarious as any retrograde is. All right. Thanks for being here, friends. If you learned something new on the show and you want to dive deeper here, I would love, love, love to work together. Maybe get to know you with an introductory birth chart reading or even exploring your health goals and how you can make self-care and wellness a part of your life. So my health coaching books are officially open. You can learn more about that in the show notes. You can find us on Instagram at yoga magic podcast, and I'm at ashley.sondergaard. Let's get to the conversation with Whitney Aronoff. Welcome, Whitney. Thanks so much for being on the Yoga Magic Podcast. I'm so grateful. I am excited to be here and to get into conversation with you. Yeah, same. So I was just telling you before we started recording, this is a topic I'm so excited to talk about. Like I think about this a lot, about the vibration Mm -hmm. of the food that I'm consuming and like being really intentional, but I've never really been able to break it down. And clearly you're the person to talk about it. Thank you. Well, it's what really sparked the most interest in me when I was in culinary school and I was at a health focused culinary school. So everything we cooked with came from the local farmer's market or from farms in upstate New York or in Pennsylvania, like incredibly fresh, no refined sugar or refined flour. We cooked within the season. So if you were to take my program at a different time of year, you would have learned completely different recipes than I did. And what I was fascinated most with is how food makes you feel and how you can look at the way food grows or how it's prepared, and that can change how it makes you feel. And Mm. I just find it fascinating. And also, it's just a great way to better learn how to nourish yourself and to understand when you feel a certain way and you know you need grounding or you know you need a lighten up, that the foods that you eat can support you with that. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that makes so much sense. But I think food becomes convenience for many of us. And then we forget that, oh, like there's, there's a purpose here. There's some intentionality behind it. And I want to, I want to hear your story, how you got to this, but kind of a tough question before we get to that. I feel like in the world that we live in, it's so easy to just kind of go through the routines. And like I said, not necessarily be thinking about food. And frankly, we find it really difficult to be intentional, to be grateful, to be quote unquote healthy with food. Why do bringing in that like energetic vibrational element, why has that been something that like changed the course for you? You're talking about, okay, I'm going to like source it well. Like, can you share a little bit about why the energy, the vibration, like that is the linchpin? Cause I'm kind of with you. I agree. (laughs) Well, food is just energy. And so we eat food to consume energy. And as someone who is a yoga practitioner like you are, you understand that when you do yoga, you fill your body with food, with life force energy, with prana. And depending on where you are in your yoga practice, it changes how much food you need that day and how much you need to add into your body to support you. And so When you learn that food is just energy, I think it makes it really easy to decide what you want to have for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and snacks Um, because you are much more aware of how each meal feels and you want to only choose things that make you feel good. It doesn't mean once you become more aware of what high vibration foods are or that you are controlling your energy levels by what you're choosing doesn't mean that you aren't going to have meals sometimes that make you feel sluggish or make Mm -hmm. you bloat or make you feel uncomfortable. It happens sometimes, you know, and that's how we learn what works for us now, you know, because we're always changing and especially women. I think it's easier for us to see how we change over the years. But once you learn food is energy, I feel like it makes it so much easier to choose you know, what serves you and to make better decisions because you just have more respect for your body and everything that it's doing and processing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. That is true. And and almost like even more respect for the food itself, because it's ultimately like, like we're all energy and it's, it's one and the same. And it's a matter of just like, what, what better version of myself am I choosing to connect with today? Yeah. I think for a lot of women, you know, the food journey starts simply because we want to we want to feel good and we want to look good. And yeah. at some point, you know, we don't understand why our body's changing and our clothes aren't fitting the way they used to or our skin's changing or our body's changing or we're just feeling sluggish and we we want to figure out why that's happening and go back to the way we were. Um, and that I think leads a lot of women in trying to better understand the foods that they eat. Um, but I think all of us, no matter where we are in life, start to get to a point where we have just a lack of time and we're hungry. And so we make decisions rather quickly when it comes Mm -hmm. to food Mm -hmm. and, even if that is your lifestyle and you can't change it right now, there are still ways to be more conscious to choose foods that can support you rather just doing what's convenient. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to get into that. Just give like the easefulness, the snacks. Can you tell us listeners about like how you got here? You got into this really unique space, your experience in culinary school. Give us the story. 
Yeah. So I was a corporate recruiter and HR manager for majority of my career. So I went to undergraduate college at SMU in Texas and worked a normal corporate job and then always just loved food, health, and wellness. And over time, I just realized that was the world I really wanted to be in. What I did on the weekends, I loved how I was spending my weekends. And I just thought, why can't this just be my life Monday yeah. through Friday? Like, right. why am I saving two days of the week to do all the things that really light me up? And so I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how do I pivot into this new direction? And I couldn't figure out how to do it. And I knew one thing that I loved was food cooking. And I really wanted to understand how to better nourish myself. So I had suffered for years from tons of stomach pains and gone Mm. to so many different doctors. Nobody could help me figure out why I was constantly having these pains. Didn't matter what I was eating. It was happening every day and every night. I was struggling with my weight and no one could give me answers. And so I decided just to heal myself with food and go someplace that can teach me how to do it myself because I was so tired of spending thousands of dollars and getting nowhere. So I found a culinary school that could do that, that could teach me about healing with food, nourishing myself, proper food preparation, sourcing everything that I wanted to learn, basically like life finishing school, as well (laughs) as giving me an accredited degree. So, you know, I would truly walk out of there as an expert, having just as many classes in a kitchen with chefs as with registered dietitians. And that supported me and just moving forward with everything else that I wanted to create. What school was that? That's so cool. Yeah, it's called the Natural Gourmet Institute. It was founded in 1970 by Dr. Anne-Marie Colbin, and it has since been incorporated by a larger culinary school called ICE, which is also in New York City. And so you can still take the program. It's just under the ICE umbrella. Um, And one of the instructors that was my teacher is now the dean of that program. It's where tons of people that you that everybody knows in the health and wellness space and culinary space went. Um, Daphne Oz went there. Bethany mm. Frankel went there. Um, Chloe of By Chloe and Chloe's Cupcakes. Like tons of big name people went there, and I kind of felt like it was life finishing school. You know, we got to <laughs> go and learn. You know, how do you properly choose a turkey for Thanksgiving? How do you? how do you read all those labels on eggs these days and figure out which one's right for you? You know, what type of questions are you supposed to be asking when you go to the farmer's market? You know, these are, this is information that we all deserve to know because we all have to feed ourselves. Like majority of us aren't going to go and be breathitarians. We have to eat food in order to stay alive and move forward and nourish our brains and our bodies. And I loved what I learned there, and I just don't feel like everyone else should have to stop their life for eight months to go to a health-focused culinary school to learn how to feed themselves. So that's what I'm trying to do is share what I learned there so people can feel more empowered to support themselves and their body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you said it, empower themselves. And you know, as I'm like hearing you talk about all these options and things that we can learn, it makes me think about even just like the Instagram, the social media of it all in terms of like being told all the time what we're supposed to be eating. I feel like there's a lot of shame around things, even like, okay, this baby food, I have little, so like this baby food versus this baby food. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I totally picked the wrong one. My baby's going to suffer. You know, it's just, it's like 
kind of a slippery slope and I get really overwhelmed. And what I'm hearing you say is it ultimately comes back to oneself to figure this out. Is that true? I completely agree to that. And there's always good, better, best, but you have to Mm -hmm. meet yourself where you are. Because if you're going to spend all day beating yourself up that you weren't able to afford the organic version or, you know, that you had to take this shortcut and use a frozen bone broth instead of a homemade bone broth, um, you know, that you had to go with a granola bar instead of making your own homemade snacks. I mean, you can, you can beat yourself up all day, but that's not going to make you feel any better. And that's Mm -hmm. not going to help your digestive system or your nervous system or your mind. It's not going to serve you at all. So it's good, better, best. You have your ideal way that you want to eat and you have to make game day decisions and, learn to get comfortable when you can't make everything perfect just the way you want it. And Mm -hmm. I think if somebody travels a lot, they get to that place really quickly because sometimes you're just in circumstances, especially when you're traveling to far off places where you're going to eat what is available and that's all that's available. One time I was in North Vietnam in the rice fields for three days and all that was available for lunch every day where we were was a baguette with an egg and butter. Every day for lunch, I had to eat a baguette that was buttered with an egg on it. Like that was the only option. And so here as, you know, your stereotypical American, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what is the baguette going to do to me? What is all this butter going to do to me? Overanalyzing the food situation. I mean, I walked out of there fine. I'm still standing here today, like living and feeling good. Um, But you know, you, you do the best in whatever scenario that you're in. And if something you're eating doesn't make you feel good, then you know not to choose that next time. Mm -hmm. Or you know that you need to look at the ingredients and and figure out a way to upgrade it. So maybe you can still have that in your life, but then it's edited in a way that works better for your body. So for instance, I'm making chili this evening. I'm going to do a bison chili with tons of vegetables homemade bone broth, but I'm not going to put any beans in it because I know the combination Mm. of the meat and the beans just doesn't make me feel good. And that's totally fine. You know, this is my chili. Like I've figured out the version that works best for me. And I encourage everybody else to do that as they start cooking at home, you know, find a recipe, follow it, see how it makes you feel. And then tweak it, see how you can upgrade each ingredient. See if maybe you can sneak in a few more vegetables. See, you know, maybe it's calling for canned tomatoes. Why don't you try just slicing some tomatoes instead? So just little upgrades and tweaks, I think, in all different elements of our life, even with food, you know, I think that's high vibration living. I think that's high vibration food. Mm-hmm. I'm like, now I'm getting hungry for chili. Like, is <laughs> it time for chili tonight? I am laughing too because so I made a bunch of bone broths for my postpartum and yeah. I like homemade. I was like, I'm gonna get the bones. I'd never done it before. It was so fun. And like Whitney, they were so bad. They were so gross. I did not season them very good, clearly. But what I learned through the process is like, you know what? For me, the box, like kind of expensive, but still like convenient bone broth is going to, it's going to give me the nutrients that I need and it works. And so while I would love to make my own bone broth, I just like don't have the time for it and it doesn't work for me. And like what you're saying just makes me feel better about that. Like it's okay. We don't need to do that. 
Now, as a chef, I've worked so many different jobs in restaurants. And one of the first jobs I had coming out of culinary school, knowing that I could not go back to being an HR manager and recruiter, but I needed to make money. I had to pay the bills. I got a job as a juicer at a restaurant. So I would juice massive amounts, all different types. And at this point today, I can't juice. I'm juiced out (laughs) because I made so much juice. So like I've just surrendered. It's not my jam right now. It's not where I get joy. And so if I don't get joy doing it, it, it's not going to happen. It's not going to then, the end result is not going to serve me. It's not Mm going to be a delicious nourishing meal because I'm going to have so much anger and resentment as I'm pushing the vegetables through the funnel. So if I want juice, I'll just go buy it. And I just surrender to that. Yes, it's going to cost more, but like I am paying for that convenience and I am so grateful for that convenience. Um, Mm -hmm. So you pick and choose your battles and, you know, the time may come where you're excited to try doing it yourself. And that's great because there's no healthier meal than the one that you make from home from scratch, where you know all the ingredients, your energy goes into the food, you set the vibration in the kitchen. You know, there's nothing more nourishing than that. We all know that we've had that experience when we've eaten our parents' food or our grandparents' food. But you also have to give yourself a little grace because we don't live in a time where our full-time job is being at home preparing meals. Mm-hmm. It's so true. So, okay. We've talked about the ingredients of it all. We've talked about sort of like the flexibility. What else makes up a high vibrational food? So, so using real ingredients is what is high vibration food. So okay. pairing food that is fresh, that you're using fresh tomatoes in your chili, not canned tomatoes in your chili. You're using bone broth that's maybe from the freezer section instead of a pasteurized bone broth. Mm. So you're finding the most real whole version of each ingredient where there's still a vibration in that food. There's still mm. an energy in the food. There hasn't The food hasn't gone through a process where the energy has been pasteurized or microwaved or basically zapped out. Um, so a lot of times food that's extremely shelf stable, you know, food that is packaged in a way that says it can stay on the shelf for three years, that would be void of life force energy. That would be a low vibration food. But then we can also look at the way food grows and that'll give us an insight into the vibrational energy it's going to pass on to you. So if you have root vegetables, people tend to feel rooted and grounded. So mm-hmm. sweet potatoes, potatoes, rutabagas, beets, you eat those foods and you feel really grounded after you eat that. It's not something that you're going to eat and then go and play at the beach, you know, But if you're going to head to the beach, you usually want to eat food that makes you feel light. So you tend to eat food that grows above ground and is growing towards the sun, towards the light. So that could be, you know, a light salad. It could be green beans. It could be, you know, cherries, fruit hanging from a tree like apples or nectarines or plums, you know, cucumbers, things that tend to be lighter and are hanging or moving towards the sun. And you can see... Those foods make you feel completely different, and there's a time and season and place for eating both of them, Um, but there are high vibration foods that make it very clear what you're going to get from consuming them. Mm -hmm. Totally. Okay, so 
how do we do this within the constraints of like one budget and two time? Because I love these goals. Like these are the aspirations and I'm hearing you. And like you said earlier, we're real humans and and I'm making maybe making excuses for myself, but like I always feel like I'm falling short. How do we get to that goal while still being real? So the only expectations for you are the ones you put on yourself. So you're never falling True. short, you know, mm-hmm. but I like to do things that set me up for success. And I am a chef that works for five different families and do dinner parties and oh, have nice. my podcast and have my organic <laughs> spice blend. So I have stuff to do. But when I have to cook for a bunch of other people every day, I have to figure out a time to cook and feed myself. So when I make dinner on Sundays, I go into the kitchen like an hour earlier and prepare a few extra things to set me up for success for the week. So I'll bake some extra chicken breasts. I'll roast some sweet potatoes. I'll start to prepare a batch of brown rice. I'll hard boil some eggs. I'll make sure that I pick up some kimchi and the veggies that I know that are super easy for me to chop up and put on my salad for a week. Maybe I'll make a salad dressing. And actually doing all those things is only going to add an hour to your time. If you know exactly what you're doing, it doesn't take much time at all. Um, What I do is, you know, for my clients is I put together a menu for them for the week ahead. And I always share those on my Instagram stories. So if you ever want inspiration on how you can set up your week, you can always look at one of my menus on my Instagram stories. But it's basically just knowing, okay, what am I going to need from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? And then... Wednesday, I reevaluate at dinner time and see what do I need to set up for myself for Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, break it and up. So that's how I kind of work it for myself. And nothing's mm-hmm. that complicated. And, you know, it's just really making sure I have some healthy starches, some simple to steamed vegetables or roast, and then proteins, you know, and then always making sure I have some fresh fruit in the fridge and then any compliments to my meal. So that could be kimchi or sauerkraut. It could be some some um, olives, Greek olives to put on a salad. It could be some avocado, you know, some fresh lemon juice, just little compliments that you can add on cilantro um, that kind of jazz a boring meal up and make it feel a little bit more special when you sit down to serve yourself. Mm-hmm. When you say it like that, it is like, it is really only that extra hour. And it's almost like the anticipation, the anxiety of like, oh my gosh, I have to meal plan. I have to like sit down and plan out the full week and get all the groceries. It gets like so overwhelming. So you're saying just, okay, cook up some proteins, get those vegetables, have these things on hand, maybe like a dressing here and there, but like ultimately it's a few things and that can really put together the whole week. Is that right? I think absolutely. So if you're going to make, (laughs) you're going to make some paleo meatballs for dinner Sunday night, make a double batch. And then maybe True. maybe Sunday night you're having it with spaghetti squash. So, you know, on Wednesday night, you'll have the leftovers with pasta. And maybe you're doing Sunday night with a little marinara. So pick up the best already pre-made basil pesto that you can for Wednesday night. Or, you know, push yourself and make it yourself on Sunday night, you know, Mm -hmm. figure out what works for you. Maybe turn it into a pasta salad. So you add a bunch of arugula in there and now it's already built and done. Um, So there's a lot of little simple tweaks that you can make in order to upgrade your meals and just make life a little bit easier. But a few things that I love to do that I'll share that help me 
as a chef go to the grocery store, I always write down my list on an actual piece of paper. Mm. And I walk around the store with my little with my little notepad and my pen and I cross off as I go. And I group I group what I'm preparing together on that grocery list. So if something's not available, I know what it is that I'm making and it helps me be able to pivot in the moment. Mm-hmm. And that's really important. You have to get really comfortable pivoting because not everything we want is always going to be available. I mean, some days, these days, you just go to the store and that vegetable is not available and it just is what it is. So you have to get comfortable pivoting. And I feel like it's just, it's just a great skill to learn overall. Um, And then when you get home, I find putting on music really helps me get focused and get the job done. And then the second thing is I always feel like you know, when you put on a uniform, it helps you get into the program and get into the mood. We all know mm-hmm. like, you know, when we get dressed for work and we put on makeup, you know, it somehow gets us into a different mindset and makes us feel different than when we work from home in our sweats or workout clothes. So same thing with the kitchen. If you go and like put on an apron, tie yourself up, you know, grab some kitchen towels, set some music, maybe sage the kitchen for a second, and then like set your intention for what you want to create. And then you will power through faster than you realize. You'll get the job done so fast because you're focused on one singular mission. I love that. Like making it fun, like making it a vibe. I'm just, I'm getting excited. So my my littlest is now one. Like we're in a groove now. And these things that are really intentional can start adding back in. And I just, I guess I just want to like reiterate to listeners that like thinking a little bit about this stuff really goes a long way. And I love these ideas. Obviously, go check out all of Whitney's resources and recipes. So, okay. Follow up question then. How about the budget piece? How do we source great food? Or like, what are your top tips for eating vibrationally, vibrationally high on a budget? So everything at every grocery store goes on sale. So everything you want at the grocery store will ultimately go on sale. So if you're a regular at Whole Foods and there's a product that you really want to try, there's maybe a curry sauce you've wanted to try or an olive oil you've wanted to try everything will go on sale. So you just watch it. And when it does go on sale, you buy double. You can get Mm. your brown rice on sale, your brown rice pasta on sale, everything. You just got to time it. And then that's when you stock up. But you'll also notice with vegetables, because that's what we really should be spending our money on is the fresh ingredients. Same with the protein, same with the fish that there'll be sale options. There'll be a time when they have an excess amount of halibut that came in and the tr- the price will drop $10. Or you'll look at the vegetables and the asparagus is ridiculously priced. It'll be like $6 a bunch. And you're like, that's crazy because asparagus isn't in season. That asparagus, it says right. it's from right. Mexico. That's why it's $6 because it's from another country. So you pass on the asper- asparagus, you pivot, and you pick up the broccolini instead or the rainbow chard, or you just pick up something else because there's something else that's actually in season and, and it's a better price. You know, the kale has dropped to $1.99. So you get the kale, you blanch it in salty water. You add like a little salsa on top or a little olive oil and you just, you know, you're forced to try something new because you wanted a green and you needed something that worked with your budget. But there are always options. 
And I find mm-hmm. the more you make food from scratch and you make it simple, the cheaper your grocery bills will be. Mm-hmm. What about the eggs? What's the deal with eggs? Like, I know this is like everywhere. Like, what? what do you know what this is? And like, what do we do? <laughs> so for eggs, I really prefer to buy my eggs at the farmer's market, or there's a particular place here in Orange County called Fermentation Farm. I buy my eggs from either of those locations. You know, it's more expensive. It's it's $10 a $10 a case, sometimes a little bit cheaper if I buy more. Um, and I've just surrendered to that's what it costs for me to get better quality eggs. And that's something I'd rather spend my money on. Um, for some reason here in Southern California, there hasn't been an egg issue. Um, I think it really depends on what part of the country you're in, but if you're buying your eggs from small farms, I think you're getting a better quality product. And eggs are one of those things, just like certain meats, certain things I'd rather spend my money on knowing I'm getting an elevated product. You know, I just want eggs from chickens that ate what chickens are supposed to eat, which are Mm -hmm. worms, seeds, nuts, things that are on the beautiful ground that they're running and grazing through through that hasn't been sprayed with herbicides, insecticides, pesticides. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's one thing I'm really willing to splurge on. However, if I'm baking, baking a bunch of cookies or desserts, that's when I usually will use a different egg from the grocery store. And that's where I just try to find something that's pasture raised, um, an organic feed or a non-soy feed. And I go with that. Okay. So it's just, again, that flexibility we have in our house, we live on this like old horse farm and we have a chicken coop and like, we've had dogs. We just like, haven't been able to have one. And I'm like, I, this is maybe my sign that it's time to have chickens, but I don't know. That's like a lot of work. (laughs) What a blessing. Well, you know what? If you're you're cooking from home more, you're easily going to have scraps. So you already are going to have the food for the chickens. It's just, you know, making sure you go out and feed them every day and. Yeah. Keep them warm in the Minnesota winter. That's the challenge. (laughs) But it might be a great activity for your daughter when she's just a little bit older. I agree. I agree. That might be the vibe. I like that. Yeah. Instead of a dog, she has chickens. She has chickens out. (laughs) I love that. So, okay. On the other side of this, like you've talked a lot of the what and how we can live in this way. Can you talk a little bit about like what it feels like when you are eating in this high vibrationally way? Like what is, what are the benefits? Like why might someone want to say like, yeah, I'm in, let's do this. Uh, Because it feels so good to wake up in your body every morning and feel good and look good. I mean, because Mm -hmm. then you're in a space where you can go out and conquer your day, that you want to do all the activities that are on your calendar, that you want to go and push yourself a little bit more, that you have the energy to fulfill your goals and your dreams and to, to network and to have fun and to play, you know, what's the point of living if you aren't having fun and enjoying life and, and moving and growing and evolving and you should be able to feel good in your body every way, every day to do that. And when we're young, it's so easy to eat process dead food and still be able to get by. But at some point your body just says, 
enough. You have to fill me with good quality fuel. Just like if you spend the money on a really good quality car, you have to change the fuel that you put inside it or it's not going to run efficiently. And once you upgrade your fuel, you will immediately feel it. You'll get better sleep. You'll be able to jump out of bed. You'll look different in the mirror. Your life will naturally start to change and evolve for your greatest and highest good without you you know, necessarily putting any additional effort into it. Is this why when we get older, things like alcohol are a lot harder on our bodies as we're like, it's just like a low vibrational situation. Like, is that what happens? I completely agree. So I don't drink at all. And I stopped actually in around 2930 is when I stopped drinking, when I didn't make me feel good anymore. And I didn't like how I felt for those two days after. And occasionally it's something that I partake in if I'm going to a winery, if I'm traveling, if it's a special event. Um, But I notice I choose the highest quality that I can have access to. So small family farm, organic, you know, no pesticides, herbicides, all the things. Um, And, you know, I give myself a glass or two. I have it early, not late at night. And I I kind of set the intention as well. I kind of tell my body how I want it to yeah. react and how I want to be able to get up and go the next day. And it works a lot better for me. But also, you know, if I am indulging in a glass of wine, which I haven't for years, but if I ever do, I don't go and eat a bunch of junk while I'm drinking that glass of wine. I don't mm-hmm. I don't drink the glass of wine and then also eat a bunch of sugar and have dessert. You know, I know that if I'm eating the glass of wine, I need to balance my body. So I need to fill it with some good proteins and some good veggies. I need to hydrate. Um, I'm just more conscious and I'm okay mm-hmm. with that. That may not work with everyone. That's totally fine. Um, but I'm the only one in this body and I'm the only one that knows how I'm going to feel. So I have to make the best decision for me and not worry about other people's judgments. And that was really hard like 10 and 15 years ago when I was really the outlier on this subject line, you know, and people were like, why aren't you drinking or why aren't you drinking more or why are you eating that? Because we aren't participating in that and you're making us feel uncomfortable. Um, You have to get really comfortable with your choices and know that you're doing it for you. And it doesn't matter. Um, It doesn't matter because, you know, they're not in your body. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely on that journey as well. And it's it's been a while. And like, yeah, it's nice to indulge every once in a while and like literally no shame or pressure to anyone. It's just that if something doesn't make you feel good, like everything we're talking about, you don't have to do it. You don't have to. And like you said, it's okay to so it might be a little bit uncomfortable at first, but like eventually it's like, whoa, this outweighs everything else. I'm in love. Like, let's please do Doesn't this. It? I mean, nothing feels better than getting up on a Saturday morning to have the whole day ahead to do whatever you want, you know? Yeah. The whole or, weekend. Cause you're like, now I can do Sunday too. Yeah. It's just the best feeling and it's addictive. And the next thing you know, you know, yeah, it's life changing, I think. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Okay. So like I said, I have girls and I try to talk really neutrally about food. Like that's a whole nother conversation around like how we talked with kids about Mm -hmm. food, but how would you talk with someone, a little young person about 
high vibration food? Like what can, – can you share some insight into that? Yeah. So if I was talking about a little kid about eating high vibration food, we're talking about food that makes us feel good. And we're talking about Mm -hmm. real fresh food. And I would play with them to see if they can feel the energy of the food. And I would teach them the balance test so they can pick up an orange and hold the orange against their chest and they can they can ask the orange a yes or no question. So it teaches them to ask questions because that's one of the best skills that we can all learn is to be inquisitive so we keep learning. And they can ask their body if this orange is right for them or if they should eat the orange. And they'll lean forward if it's a yes and they'll lean back if it's a no. And you can have them do the same thing with a granola bar with a cookie, with all different types of products, and they can learn to see if it's a high vibration food or if it's a high vibration food that's good for them. And you can start to teach them to choose and reach for foods that not only are they wanting and craving because of what they see with their eyes, but because of what makes them feel good. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. I'm going to do that for sure. Getting them in touch with their little intuitions, that's perfect. Well, and theirs are going to be so strong. So I would love to hear how they feel when they touch the little lemon or touch the avocado <laughs> or touch the tomatoes when the tomatoes are, you know, ripen in season. I, their responses are going to be incredible and magical. So yeah, please film that. that. Okay. That's a good idea. A little real happening here. <laughs> I would love to get listeners on your website, checking out some of your good stuff. If you have some of your favorite go-to recipes for dinner tonight, like they're, okay, I'm going to use this episode. I'm going to come up with a plan. Where would you send them? What recipes? So tonight I'm making my paleo bison chili. I love Mm -hmm. this chili. I made it for my clients on Sunday night and I knew I just needed to make another bowl for myself. So that recipe's on my website, starseedkitchen.com. Um, I also picked up some ground lamb because the ground lamb was on sale at Whole Foods this morning. So I decided to work that into my menu over the weekend because it was a great time to buy it because it was on sale. And I try to mm-hmm. you know, stay within a budget and I know the proteins maybe I want, but then I get flexible with what's the best deal. So I love my paleo bison meatballs, which are on my website, starseedkitchen.com. I think I'm going to make just a ton of roasted vegetables, and I'll probably do some short grain brown rice where I soak the rice overnight, wash it really well. It becomes really nice and light and fluffy. Um, Simple recipes like that this weekend making all my proteins, and then just sticking to really simple steamed veggies or greens. Um, I feel like if you focus the energy on your proteins or your sauces and your salad dressings and your sides, um, then everything else kind of comes together easier. Mm -hmm. Can we talk a bit about proteins? Like as a former vegetarian, it's something that like I dabble with and now I'm really glad that I consume meat. And I know a lot of people that have been through this journey too, but like Obviously, that's a conversation too. How do you, does one eat in a high vibration way with proteins? So I went there too. There was a time when I lived in Los Angeles, um, long before it was cool to be vegan or the thing. And I thought being vegan is what was going to make me skinny and, and feel mm-hmm. good and look mm-hmm. good. And 
I did it for a year and my skin turned yellow. My body stopped producing bile. I literally couldn't digest food. I was incredibly Mm. bloated. Um, I had incredible sugar cravings. It just wasn't right for my body. Mm -hmm. And I like to think that I was a healthy vegan. I voraciously read as many books as I could about it. This was the early 2000s, like 2005, 6 um, Mm -hmm. is when I was a vegan. And it just wasn't right for my body. And so the great thing as we try to figure out what works for us is learning about your blood type and your heritage and where your family comes from and the type of foods that you've eaten generationally and also what grows naturally in the area you're currently living in. All those things are great in supporting the type of nourishment you need now. And I need animal meats. And so- Mm -hmm good, better, best. I try to choose the best quality animal meats as I can. So the dream is to be able to have 100% pasture-raised chickens and 100% you know, pasture-raised field-harvested animal meat. And so field-harvested animal meat means that the land that the, that the cow or the bison lived on, that's also where they're processed. They're never put in the back of a truck and shipped for five, six hours down the road to Mm -hmm. a processing facility. It's much more humane and gentle on the animal to do this on their land. And then their body isn't being filled with as much cortisol. So then you aren't eating as much cortisol. So that's the dream, but that's not always available. You know, you can't, we all can't go to the farmer's market every week and buy our proteins, you know? For me as a chef that goes to the grocery store five to six days a week, I Mm -hmm. can't even do that. Um, so I just try to shop at places where I think, and from what I've read, it seems that I'm getting a hundred percent grass fed, grass finished. Mm-hmm. I'm getting the best quality that I can. And then when in doubt, I do the balance test and I also listen to my gut. And if it doesn't look right, I pass. Mm. Adding the intuition piece to the food selection, like that is a vibe. I really, I'm really liking this idea and want to do that more. And like a lot of shopping recently has been happening like on apps. Like I feel like that's something I'm not like holding stuff in my hands anymore. And I, mm-hmm. I think like what you're saying is making me excited about get back, getting back into the grocery store and like doing the shopping rather than doing Instacart or something like that. Yeah. And obviously as a chef and also as just a spiritual human being, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's something I can ever surrender to. I really like, you know, we all have walked up and chosen an avocado, put it back, chosen another avocado, put it back, and then chosen the third. We've done that with apples, with sweet potatoes. You know, when you're looking at broccoli, um, there's something you feel. Um, but as much as that you, as much as you can, try to go to the store for yourself once a week so you can choose, you can choose your ingredients and make the best decision. Mm-hmm. That's a good goal. Yeah. Like I'm thinking to myself, like even just once this week, get to the actual grocery store. Like that's a good goal, a good reasonable place to start. Love it. Yeah. And then for farmer's market, I just try to give myself at least once a month, ideally twice a month, but I've just Mm -hmm. surrendered to that because, you know, it's, you know, we all have a lot going on in our lives and, you know, I used to go to the farmer's market every single weekend, um, but my Mm -hmm. life has changed and evolved and I just have to give myself some grace for that. I'd love for listeners to connect with you. 
you've got spices. Can you talk about those? Yeah. So I have been making my own organic spice blends for over 20 years since I was in high school. Oh my gosh. Um, we started wow, making that's so cool. spice blends because we want to control the flavor. And there's so much junk in spice blends these days, MSG and citric acid mm. and coloring and flavor agents and anti-caking agents and sugar. And so I started making my own spice blends and my dad did as well when I was younger. And then when I became a personal chef and my clients wanted healthy, delicious food, I had to make my own spice blends for them because I didn't want to have all that sugar and citric acid in there. And so now I share my spice blends. Um, you can buy them on my website, starseedkitchen.com. And then I have all the recipes on how to use those spice blends. So the exact recipes for what I do for myself and for my personal chef clients. Mm, that sounds so good. I didn't even realize there was so much junk in spices. Like <laughs> I've learned a I lot know, today. <laughs> and spices are really superfoods. So spices are just the concentrated, mm. dried herb or spice. So, you know, you take a big bunch of cilantro and you dry it and you grind it and you have, you know, uh, um, you have, I'm blanking. You have, um, cumin, coriander, coriander. There oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, so all spices are just the dried version of the real thing. So it's a concentrated superfood. Like we all know you can buy fresh turmeric at the grocery store, but you can also buy dried turmeric and it's more concentrated source. And mm. it has a shelf life just as food has a shelf life. And you want to eat it when it's at its, its peak, when it's going to have the most bi bioavailable ingredients to support you. So I always encourage people to buy organic spices non-irradiated spices, small batch spices, um, because there's so much that's being given to you in these little, you know, flavor bursts through spices. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was going to forget about it. And if you don't really like know how to use spices and you <laughs> making terrible bone broths, like a spice blend is a lot easier way to go, like you're saying, and, and you can get a good, a good version of that, a high vibration version of that. I love it. That's, that's the plan. I just want to help people be able to cook better meals at home. That's really my long-term goal is everyone should be able to nourish themselves at home. And, you know, going out to eat can be a fun, a fun activity and something you enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. um, but then you can always come back home and make the food that you really know makes you feel good. This was so fun, Whitney. I learned a lot today. Thank you so much. Can you just share with listeners where they can find you, your YouTube channel, your podcast, like all your good content out there? Thank you. So you guys can find me on YouTube at Chef Whitney Aronoff and on Instagram at Whitney Aronoff. And then on my website, Starseed Kitchen, you can get my organic spice blend of 11 magic herbs and spices. And then you guys can also get um, all the recipes that I've created for my personal chef clients. I share all those recipes there. So that way you guys can make them at home and find recipes that work and easily incorporate this into your personal meal prep or your Sunday night dinner plans, whatever it may be. Oh my gosh, I'm going to be doing it. Thank you so much, Whitney. I appreciate it. Thanks for being here, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. You can learn more about Whitney in the show notes. And as always, thanks for being here. We will meet back next Thursday.